In the tradition of David Sedaris in his book Holidays on Ice, which includes his story about getting hired as one of Santa's elves at Macy's, it's called The Santa Land Diaries, and yes, it is hilarious. My own Christmas story is also true about how a bathtub tree, a dead bird, and a very bad attitude contributed to one of our most memorable family holidays. It's called One Crazy Christmas, or Greetings from Slackerville. It's me, Cindy. Seems I just ran out of time this year, or spirit. But whatever the cause, the result was, I just didn't have enough time to make it work the way it should. The way it does in magazines and on TV, all sparkling and magical. No, in my house this year, it was barely Christmas at all. Take the tree. You simply must have a fresh-cut pine as the heart of the decorations and the host of the ribbon-and-wrap-shredding Christmas morning. Yes, you just have to have the tree. And while the tiny corner-cutting voice inside me sometimes suggested that this could be the year we skip it, I just couldn't. No, you have to have the tree. Like past years, time was ticking away. My living room was still looking like mid-September. Only this year... It was only a week away before the big day when, finally, driven by a wave of guilt and panic, I screeched up to the lot, pointed to a scotch pine, chucked it in the back of the station wagon, and raced it home. Step one, buy the tree. Step two, place the tree in a bucket of warm water on the front porch overnight so it can open up. Check, check. Okay, so this year I gave it a few bonus overnights. Finally, as the calendar closed in on the 25th, it was time to decorate. I dragged the pine into the living room and slapped it in the stand. But this year I had neither the time nor inclination to climb into the attic and carry down ornaments and garland the snowmen, angels, rabbits, and ribbons that waited all year to scatter holiday spirit inside and outside our little home. Somehow I sensed I was lacking a little drive. In my own defense, I have to say it's not just doing the decorating I was looking to avoid. It was undoing the decorating that would follow in just a week or so. All that doing, just to simply undo, simply didn't add up. So this year, I went with a new decor. Call it minimalist. I reached into the attic. I grabbed the lights, three strings plugged together, just enough to create a little Christmas magic on the tree, or at least enough to keep everyone off my back. Step three, decorate the tree and deck the halls. Half a check. I'm being generous here. Like a cover of Simple Decorating Magazine, the Slacker Holiday Special, our tree was... Well, it was lit. I warned Megan before she came home, lest she think I'd sunken into a deep depression or taken to drink. And while she honored my desire to skip the ornaments, once home she turned her attention to the sad little tree, tossed on tons of tinsel and festive red bows, and I didn't have to get off the couch. (laughs) Nice job all around. Did I mention, my mom had just had her hip replaced and was being released from the rehabilitation center on Christmas Eve. Speaking of taking a drink, what does it say about the time we're living and you tell people your mother's getting out of rehab and you have to clarify it's for a new hip? Anyway, mom was coming home. Home to a house where she'd put on a tiny seven-inch Christmas tree as her homage to the holiday before she left for the hospital. Home to where we were all going to gather for Christmas. The most stripped-down Christmas ever. But Megan had been to a party the weekend before. A party where the host's brilliant ideas included a fully decorated tree in the bathtub, rigged to light up when guests flicked on the bathroom switch, made for a lot of laughs and a great topic of conversation. And since he, the host, was leaving the next morning for the holidays, he held a dance-off where the winner would get the tree. Only no one wants to drag a decorated tree around Manhattan, except Megan. 
You know how some people have a little pine air freshener in their car? Well, Megan topped that with the whole tree, all six feet with ornaments, lights, and garlands stuffed from the hatchback to the front seat. And she drove it out to Nana's, restrung the lights in the garland, effectively turning an otherwise standard American living room into a Christmas wonderland. Snaps to Megan and her tree rescue program. Step four, get gifts. Wrap. At least I'd done something to prepare for the holiday. I had gotten gifts. Some things got no room for play. Plus, it's amazing what you can accomplish in your pajamas with a credit card and a computer. And having discovered gift bags last season, I continued my newest tradition, tissue paper in hand, and before long, the gifts were ready, even if they did look like they came from a gourmet grocery. Check. Step five, plan Christmas dinner. We'd all agreed we would try to make gifts this year. I stuck to making credit card payments, but my niece, Anu, took it to heart. She announced she would make Christmas dinner as her gift, and she'd be coming down from Boston only two days before, so I offered to pick up a couple of things she might need. She emailed her list. I couldn't stop laughing. It was like pages torn from the joy of cooking. Ingredients of elaborate recipes for people who just love, love, love to cook and shop. I fall into neither category, so I waited until she got here and took her to the store, where we piled a shopping cart high with sweet potatoes, cornbread, fresh coriander. What, I wonder, is she going to do with coriander? $163 later, we had all the ingredients for dinner. It was going to be good, and even better, I wasn't going to have to cook it. Step six, prepare dinner, eat, and enjoy. Off at my mom's, Anu woke up Christmas morning with a bad cold bad timing for her and our dinner. But before surrendering to bed, she prepped vegetables, got the turkey in the oven, placed a freshly baked pumpkin pie out to cool. I got the call, filled a bag with stovetop stuffing and chicken bouillon, and got to my mom's in time to top off the meal with the stuffing and gravy. My contribution would be far from gourmet, but hopefully not far from edible. This is where the dead bird comes in. When the backup arrived, that would be us. Megan and I headed into the kitchen to put the finishing touches on a news dinner. I moved the pumpkin pie to the picnic table outside and set about the tasks. Midway through making the gravy, my husband Bob motioned for me to join him outside. I stepped out the kitchen door. He pointed to the pie. There across the top were several slash marks, a tiny pie-like replica of the shower curtain from Psycho. Then he pointed over, a couple of feet to the left, to a robin lying on its back, claws in the air, dead. Do you think the pie was too hot, I said. What do you think's in that pie, he asked. And is there anything else for dessert? Back in the kitchen, things were moving along nicely, until Megan went to take the turkey out of the oven. You know that red-hot coil at the bottom of an electric oven? The really, really hot one? Well, having always cooked with gas, Megan didn't really understand its full power. Don't let that touch the coil, I said, too late. She stood up from the oven and turned as I saw flames burst into action on the towel in her hand. Towel's on fire, I said, cool as you please, careful not to panic. I took the flaming towel from her hands and stamped it out on the floor till it was a smoldering ash. All was well, except for the floor. Okay, so here I was all sorts of proud of myself that I had saved us from what could have been the most miserable Christmas ever, and while patting myself on the back for remaining in control in the face of almost certain disaster, I had burned the kitchen floor scorched it. Even the wet paper towel wouldn't wipe it away. 
Now, here's where a healthy attitude makes all the difference. When my mother saw it, I happily pointed out that along with the burn mark being next to the crack in the floor, adding one more reason to replace the tiling, it would also serve as a lovely reminder of the Christmas we all spent together. With the bathtub tree, the stovetop stuffing, and the dead bird. Oh, we laughed and laughed. At least some of us did. By the time dinner was ready, we had decided to skip the fancy linens and sterling silver in favor of plastic plates, TV trays, and a table full of serve-yourself. After all, it would be easier for Mom, fresh out of rehab, to stay sitting in the living room, and it was more befitting our first annual Christmas in Slackerville celebration. After dinner, a new went off to bed. By the way, we found out the angry bird slashes on the pie were there all along, not beak marks or claw scratches from a dead robin's last meal. Turns out they were knife cuts from testing to see if the pumpkin was baked through. And the pie was delicious, and none of us keeled over, claws up after dessert. As for the bird, I guess we'll never know what really happened. But what we do know is this particular holiday has made its own mark and will henceforth be known to us all as one crazy Christmas. Check.